All right, everybody. Are you ready for a spectacular show? Introduce the original bad hombre, the amazing nerd, the hardest working Antifa boys on George Soros's payroll. With Pablo Morale Martinez and Ernesto Mancibo, only on Radio Free Brooklyn. And hopefully, Andy, you're listening to us because I'm Ernesto Mancibo. And I'm Pav. And together we are. <laughs> the Robots versus Taxes program. On Radio Free Brooklyn. <laughs> First show of 2022. Oh, my God. A reunited, and it feels so good. It, yes, yes. It feels so good. <laughs> uh, of course, we're speaking to each other via WhatsApp because Omicron Percy I-8 uh, continues <laughs> its rampage across the cosmos. Yo, uh, Omicron is no joke. Everybody and their mother uh has been catching this shit it's it's really kind of unbelievable um i i think you might remember several weeks ago i was complaining about one of our mutual friends who had posted a uh some covid misinformation some vaccine misinformation do you remember that conversation yes yes i remember that conversation yeah yeah so it turns out said person has been out for like the last week or so from their job because drum roll they got covid oh, so um fuck man i say that with no i say that with no joy in my voice but it was kind of like you know it was gonna happen it was gonna happen oh man that that's if it's who i'm thinking of then yeah that really sucks and uh you know I'm sorry that that happened to you, uh, you know, but you fucked around and you found out. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I hate to be cold hearted, uh, you know, uh, and, you know, I, I can be cold hearted. And this is one of those moments. But uh, but, you know, I, you, I do friend. hope for a quick and speedy recovery. I'm not, you know, wishing ill on this person. I just, you know. They're they're mostly good for okay. for the most good, part. Good, so good. um so yeah, but uh, you, my friend, missed your calling, uh, writing uh, get well cards <laughs> because that was that was perfect. <laughs> That's right. On the front of the card, it's like a a little like a cartoon cat hugging a pillow, and it's like <laughs> we hope you get better. Uh, you know. Um, meow or later, you know, and then you open the card and it's like, but you fucked around and you found out. <laughs> and it's just a picture of the cat's asshole, like right up in front of the card. <laughs> oh man, rough. That's rough. Uh, oh, but uh, but yeah no like uh, I agree Omicron is is fucking no joke like half my family has it uh, and it, it is it you know and, and um, these are from you know uh, 
situations that are beyond anyone's control. So I'm not even fucking lying when I say hearts go off to anyone who has um, COVID um, and, you know, was taking a conscious attempt to try to avoid to get it. But, you know, this thing, this shit is tricky, you know, mm, mm. comes in and this gets one you. Is, it really does. I am. Um, when was it? I believe it was on December 30th. I was going to several places near me trying to get um, my booster. Um, everybody was out. Like everybody had run out. Now, had I put a little more effort into it, um, maybe trying to find a place like in your neighborhood or something like that, I maybe I could have I could have found it, but it was just like, by that point in the day, I was just like, I'm done. I was tired of actually looking for it. I mean, it's pretty, it's going, it's getting pretty crazy right now. But hopefully, um, according to uh, what Dr. Fauci said not too long ago, he expects the peak of this to happen at about, at about or before the end of January. Okay. And then okay. at that, at that point, we'll see a, uh, a drop off just because, uh, they're comparing some of the trends with what is what's been going on in South Africa, which is where Omicron uh, originated from. So, um, so fingers crossed that we don't have too long with this madness. Yeah, I mean it is. It, it's it's just really unfortunate that this shit is happening. You know. Uh, mm. it is, it, it's just wild because now it feels like everyone it, 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 and a, just a lot of people that I know are, are getting it. And, and it is, it's scary because, you know, for people listening, they probably just know, they know of a family member or a friend that's got it. And, and it's, it's just, it's no fucking joke, you know? Uh, and it is it's killing a lot of people man it's it's scary um from what i understand this strain is not as um it's not as lethal but it's going to it's going to feel like it's killing a lot of people just because it's more infectious so um uh, either way it's like this isn't anything to fuck around with yeah it's definitely not so for all you listeners out there, please, please, please take care of yourselves. Wear a mask, you know, um, use hand sanitizer and wash your hands whenever you get a free chance, you know, because this socially distance when you can. Yeah. Socially distance. Just follow all the rules, man. It's and, and get yourself vaccinated. Get yourself, you know, if and if you're double vaccinated, get the booster because because mm -hmm. this shit is, is serious. So, um let's let's switch topics now shall we all right you want to talk about the uh the end of hawkeye uh yeah uh nah. i mean yeah yeah <laughs> but i do i mean yeah i do but but um no i'm, I'm just gonna i'm just gonna tell you straight up like it, it, it it's good it's good it was, the end of hawkeye was great and made, <laughs> made me like the character real good real good I, I don't believe you. I'm no, sorry. Dude, there's something uh, about your tone. You're like, <laughs> yeah, I, there's something about your tone. Just I was like, if you, 
if you were to say that about anything else, like you're like, yeah, you know, I'm uh, I'm okay. Well, because uh, yeah, I'm fine. It's like, no, what's wrong, dude? What's because wrong? something gargantuan overshadowed it, right? Because I was just like, ooh, the end of Hawkeye. Oh, cool, right? But mm-hmm. then you know, of course, we're gonna talk Matrix, right? That is true. Uh, and Matrix took precedence over the finale of Hawkeye. Goddamn right. So, so I mean, like, um, you know, my one word uh, review of it: good. <laughs> finale, good. That's two words. <laughs> well, my two words would be enjoyed it. Um, if I wish all six episodes had been as uh, as great as that final episode, because I felt like they pulled out all the stops, and it's like full marvel and we're hitting you with this and that and it's setting up a whole bunch of other shit you know it was great to oh uh, spoiler alerts people if you haven't seen this by now uh you know the deal with the show so it was great to see uh d'onofrio's kingpin back in the mix um he was just as intimidating and uh larger than life uh, as he's ever been. So it's it's good to know that he's back in the MCU. Despite uh, the cliffhanger they left you off with him at the end, he's definitely still around. That is definitely an MCU thing because the Netflix kingpin would have never let that happen to himself. And <laughs> probably, like, I know it's comics accurate that he wears a Hawaiian shirt. Uh <laughs> <laughs> but I just, I just, I, uh, I'm like Adam Sandler in Uncut Gems. I disagree. I disagree. Okay. <laughs> I, I just, uh, I, I think that the way he was treated was weird, real weird, because they made him kind of unkillable, and then they made him killable. Mm. <laughs> I was like, oh no, no, he's very much killable. Um. So, <laughs> so yeah, I, I, I'm just like, uh. I, I hope I really hope it comes back because if if that was what that if that was the beginning and end of Kingpin appearances, then <laughs> that sucks. Uh, no, no, no. He'll he'll definitely be back. What what they're they're playing it on a um on a Daredevil storyline where Kingpin is blinded either in one or both eyes, um. But he'll definitely be back, but he'll just have that to contend with, which might be interesting if he suddenly now has this um, sensory impairment and is going to square up with, you know, Matt Murdock, who has his own impairment slash advantage. So that might uh, bring about an interesting dynamic. But no, he'll definitely be back. I I, I don't think they'd uh, dust off um, Kingpin just to be like, you know, Oh, we're gonna give him the uh, the boner treatment, you know. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, the boner, tr- the quicksilver slash boner treatment was the worst. Yep, <laughs> I'm still I'm still angry at Marvel for that. Like, come on, come on. Yeah, fuck that. Uh, <laughs> but but yeah, uh, that Hawkeye finale, good. Mm. Moving on. I was definitely. <laughs> oh, sorry. I was definitely looking. Sorry. I, I, just one last little thing. I was definitely looking for Spider Man, but he didn't show up. So. No, no, no. Dude, 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 dude. Come on. Spider Man? <laughs> You're asking like an A tier, like, 
an A tier superhero <laughs> to like make an appearance on like and I'm and I know that fucking you know um, MCU Disney Plus shows are gonna have like A tier cameos and shit. But yeah. I mean that dude. Uh, I think they they save Spider Man for something gargantuan. Plus, you know, Disney doesn't really own own him. He he's true. He is like half of Sony's property. I meant Sony is just padding like they're <laughs> they are dislocating their arm, patting themselves <laughs> on the back. For something that they didn't even do, <laughs> like I, I, I'm, I'm certain, I'm almost certain that uh, Garfield's gonna get his. Uh, sp- we're gonna get a, uh, an amazing Spider-Man three, <laughs> and um, and it's gonna suck, you know, but it's gonna be an amazing Spider-Man three where he faces off with fucking Sony Venom, mm. and mm. Uh, and that'll be like the showdown, right? Right between right. Spider Man and and Venom, and like I was telling you over our uh, group text, like I am hoping that they take that as an opportunity to interest, introduce Spider Gwen, and kind of give Andrew Garfield Spider Man a sort of a, a redemption slash healing arc because man, he looked rough in uh, in No Way Home. Like he looked like he is living with trauma. He said some pretty dark shit, like. At, at a certain point, I just stopped pulling my punches. And I'm just like, you have the proportional strength of a spider. That means you're just making Swiss cheese out of criminals on the street. You're just just fist-sized holes uh, through their torso <laughs> if you're not pulling your punches. I mean, you can catch a car. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And he can fight the rhino, right? <laughs> While swinging a manhole. You know he he's 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 Spider Man, so he's got super strength and shit. But yeah, if he's pulling his punches, then I feel bad for the villains in that universe because Spider like going up against Spider Man is scary. Like it must be like a quasi spider based fascistic state. (laughs) Wow, that's a mouthful right there, Jesus. Wow, quasi spider-based fascistic state. <laughs> Where they like have blimps with the spider signal on it, and like J. Jonah Jameson is fucking dead. Uh, oh my god! <laughs> or that version of James Jonah Jameson. They didn't really um, establish uh, that he even lives in that universe. So, but oh I mean, god. I mean, like you what you said, you wanted to open it up. <laughs> To having oh god I can't believe we're having this conversation I want to talk about Matrix um, but still so so sorry I'm sorry I digress um, but uh, uh, you're saying that Gwen is probably gonna get her own like you uh, uh, you want this to be like a backdoor to a Gwen a Spider Gwen kind of story right a Spider Gwen kind of story just her somehow popping up in in his universe so that he's not he's not so uh, broken anymore i mean when he caught uh zendaya uh slash mj uh in no way home like you could see that this guy is still broken inside and i'm not blaming him i mean that's that's some super traumatic shit but you know it's it's a fucking comic book movie like let's just bring her back to life let's make these people okay um (laughs) 
<laughs> that moment, that moment uh, in in Spider-Man: No Way Home when he catches uh, uh, MJ, and you know he brings her down safely. I was I was halfway expecting him to like as soon as she goes like, oh my god, you saved my life. He, he, I I was halfway expecting him to just curl up in the fetal position and piss himself. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! Oh my god. <laughs> like i did it i did it i did it i did it <laughs> oh, shit we have the same thought oh my god she just has a complete mental breakdown she's like oh my god and she's like oh my god are, are you okay like, just give me a minute you know fuck we don't know how broken this guy is you know yeah, he seemed he seemed pretty fucked up. Um, yeah. So, I'm I'm hoping I'm hoping he can uh, get at least some sort of happy ending um, in the Amazing Spider-Man three. Which I'm crossing my fingers. I hope that they announce it, green light it, and push it ahead because we want to see Garfield back up on the screen. We really do. <laughs> I, I hope that's not taken out of context, and it's like Garfield four, a meow of two meows. You know? <laughs> oh God. Oh man, Bill Murray just loses his mind. I have to do another one of these fucking things. It's all motion capture, so it's actually you see like his movements being like, "Oh, back, I'm back. I fucking hate this." You know? Why did I sign that ten picture deal for Garfield? I thought it was being directed by. Do you know the story behind that? Is that he thought it was being directed by one of the Cohen brothers? <laughs> Uh, oh, no. Because, but it's it's he didn't read the fine print and see that it's not C O E N like the Cohen brothers. It's C O H E N, like some <laughs> asshole who directs fucking Garfield movies. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, that's terrible. That's absolutely terrible. Yeah, poor guy. That's how he got roped in a two picture deal. Oh, I wonder if I wonder if you fired his agent. Like you, motherfucker! Why would I do a film with this nobody? <laughs> and that's when his agent goes, "Mr. Anderson," you know. <laughs> that's my that's my segue. That's my nice. segue into the Matrix. <laughs> smooth, smooth. Oh, yeah, though, yeah, dude. Matrix Day was like <laughs> you, you you could feel like the last 20 odd years in your soul just start to bubble up, couldn't you? Yes, I did. Um I uh I mean I don't know if you felt but oh, but oh, I can, you know. <laughs> I can feel it around me. I am not ashamed to say that I from the from the first moment where uh, you see like the CGI version of the Warner Brothers lot and then the logo flips into green. Um, I got to say in the theater at that moment, everybody started clapping. They were just like, whoa, Matrix! it was fucking epic. And like my my throat got all cloggy. I was just like, oh my God, it's the Matrix. It's happening again. <laughs> I, I mean, uh, 
because of my paranoia about COVID, I stayed home and watched it on HBO Max. So I, I feel like I missed out on the experience, but still. Uh. But looking back now, I think you probably were the smarter one, <laughs> considering <laughs> considering how fucked up everything is. But yeah. I digress. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, I I I had a very similar mo- like I was just like a kid in a candy store, man. And my <laughs> wife will tell you, like she was sitting right right next to me, and she she was she saw me just get like giddy when it happened <laughs> when the code started falling. I was just like. Oh my God! This is it—a new beginning. <laughs> and I was just like, you know, wearing a tux. Uh, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I was so psyched. I was wearing sunglasses at night. I was doing the whole nine. But uh, uh, you know, uh, overall, like thinking about like the experience and then the film and how it unfolded ultimately what did you what were your feelings about it what did you glean from it what was your initial impression let's start there okay uh my initial impression was they they <laughs> to, just to play on the title of the film they really resurrected a lot of stuff from from the end of what it seemed like the end of this series like they're just like hey remember this remember that we're actually going to put parts of previous movies into this fucking film just to get your nostalgia gland going and i'm just like all right i'm such a fucking nerd i am here for it like there was that scene where uh young morpheus played by yaya abdul mateen the th- the second um when he was waiting for Neo and Bugs to come and meet him for the second time, because their first meeting was kind of fucked up in the men's bathroom and didn't really go as planned. But when Bugs and Neo walked in and it was mere, they were framed by his entrance into his first meeting with the original Morpheus. It was like, it almost broke my brain. I'm like, this is so beautiful. It's so amazing looking um and the fact that they were kind of aware of what was going on they weren't doing it just to do it um it was one thing in specific that the new morpheus said he was just like nothing nothing comforts grief like nostalgia or something like that and i was just like that made my jaw drop while i was in the theater i was just like these people are giving me therapy right now like (laughs) in the theater um yeah i i i walked away from it being like i just i i I feel like i i'm gonna uh paraphrase something that uh the wachowski what um lana wachowski said in like a in like a behind the scenes documentary on the on like the first matrix i'm gonna say i know i just saw something cool i don't know what it is yet but i know it's something fucking cool <laughs> and, and and it's taken me a while to kind of really unpack it because um you know i i commented i, I immediately like ki- kind of like commented to myself with a chuckle right that mm-hmm. um, Spider-Man No Way Home is like 
the homecoming king, the homecoming football king, right? Who brings mm-hmm. home the gold and makes everyone proud. And uh, the Matrix of Resurrections is like the loner goth kid who is both uh, like kind of annoying, but also you're glued to their every philosophical word and everything they mm-hmm. say is super interesting. And they're, but, but they're also kind of a mess. <laughs> and that's kind of what I felt like about the movie where there were some bits that got lost and some bits that got kept, which were like the, the, the philosophical concepts and the way it approached nostalgia was like, I, I think was, is probably one of the most punk rock fucking moves I've ever seen in a fucking movie where they even mm. reference their own studio, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it just felt like that moment in Spaceballs where uh, where they they look in the TV screen and like they're watching themselves, watching the movie, watching themselves. It, 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 like I I just felt I, I just felt like it just did that, but in a very kind of like sarcastic way. And, uh, yeah. and I was, I, 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 th- this has to be one of the most sarcastic yet loving, lovingly crafted movies I've seen while still being kind of a mess. So and that's kind of like what I walked away with when I, when I first watched it. I was like, mm. I, you know what? I can already get, I already get the sense that this is going to split people right down the middle. Like mm. it just felt like Lana Wachowski was just like, I'm not, I don't want to make the same shit over again. And if mm. I, and if you're, and if you're, and if I, I'm assuming that the studio was just like, no, 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 make the same thing over again. And she was like, okay, all right, fine. You want me to make the same thing over again? Here you go. You know? Uh, and, and it was, and it, it did feel like that because it, uh, in the beginning it was just like, kind of like a shot for shot, like, uh, remake of the first of the opening scene of the matrix. But as mm. soon as I saw that happening, I was like, uh, this is how it starts. And then it's going to get real different. And it was, mm. yes. So, um, I, at the end of it, I just felt elated. I was just like, they fucking nailed it. You know, mm. um, mm. they, uh, of, of course, uh, being a Wachowski joint, it had a lot of ideas. <laughs> a lot of concepts, um, some really cool visuals, um, but it, again, it it is it, it does feel like there were parts of it that I was just like ah, I wish some parts of it were better, but uh, I I feel like overall it's 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 pretty consistent in tone with all the rest of the other Matrix movies. Hmm. hmm. I mean, the latter era Matrix movies. Reloaded yeah, it defi- and, and revolution, revolutions. For sure, for sure. Definitely, I was happy that they continued the story and didn't choose to pretend that other parts of the Matrix movies didn't happen. Um, I felt like they were still respectful to what came before while taking it to different places that uh, we weren't expecting, which is a very difficult thing to to do. Um for example, well, 
just to touch on something uh, real quick, the uh, that meta moment where uh, Smith referenced Warner Brothers Studio in regards to uh, creating a, a, a new entry into the Matrix. Um, that went over very well in the theater. Like people were just like, holy shit. Like, is this what we're watching right now? Yeah, like, right? <laughs> the, the movie is self-aware. It's like, what? Yeah. You know, it, it's, it's, it, it really broke down a barrier there. But um, in regards to pushing the story forward, um, the reason I'm satisfied with is because I had certain subconscious expectations that were not met but upon thinking about it later and reading a really really great article on inverse.com written by adam egypt mortimer um in regards to those choices being purposeful and speaking to the nature of the matrix as well as the director uh those choices being pulled out of uh this latest uh chapter really kind of satisfied me in a way that I I wasn't expecting. Um, the green tone of the Matrix not being there. Um, one of the things that was really glaring toward me, <laughs> and I almost feel like, I almost feel guilty about my initial feeling about it, is that none of the fight scenes felt like they were choreographed by an expert. Um, Agreed. And... Well, let let me let me delve a little further into that because obviously they had professionals on this production, but they didn't have like uh, Yen Wu Ping um, come and like do his stuff. You know, was he even part of this? Do you know? No, he was not. He didn't come back. Okay. This, no. Okay. Um, because I could tell, but also at the same time, while looking at the film, I'm just like, you know what, uh, Keanu and Carrie Ann Moss. Um, they're older now. They're not going to spend six to eight months in fight choreography, training, working out every day, only eating chicken and broccoli. Like <laughs> they're not going to do that. They're right. not going to do that at this point. And I felt a little guilty that I was expecting that from them. <laughs> um, there were points during the fight between uh, Neo and the the new Morpheus where I could swear, like. You could you could almost feel the wire work going on to get Keanu up off the ground. I was just like, he farted yeah, a little bit right. in that shot. I'm sure he farted. So, um, right. but it was okay. Like it was okay because the whole thing still came together in its own way. The fight choreography was uh, was uh, it was half Lana Wachowski. Uh, and half Chad Stolheski, uh from the John Wick movies, uh, who was also mm. who also played Chad Stileski, uh played Chad. Um, yes, yeah. <laughs> which I was like, whoa, okay, it's <laughs> really meta. Chad's playing a Chad, but also he's Chad, uh, and. <laughs> You know, that's okay, fine. So, <laughs> so, uh, it, the fight choreography wasn't the same. Mm. There was a lot of shaky cam. I was, I, I was thinking of you during some of those shots. I'm just like, okay, I can't follow some of the stuff. And this is definitely 
not the Matrix that I know because in the prior films, they made it clean. They were just like, look how beautiful this is. It's a ballet. This was more like a mosh pit, you know? Yes, it was. It was, And I, I know what scene you're talking about, um, which is uh, the scene where um, uh, Neo, Bugs, and the gang, uh, <laughs> I, I, whose names I forget, I really wish that they established their names more because... Um, <laughs> I, I, I was like, who is this person? Ah, whatever. Um, same, same. I, I, they, they just didn't come across the way the original crew of uh, the Nebuchadnezzar did in the first film. It's like, you know, they, they, it's the new crew on the, on the uh, what's it called? The Nemesine, I believe this hovercraft is called. Yeah, I, I the can't. Ne- I, ne- the Nemesine, yes. Yeah. Uh, I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce it. Um but yeah, yeah, the new crew. I, I, I'm sorry. I, I, I know that it's, I'm probably going to delve into like a lot of comparisons between the first Matrix and, of and the, this, the, the Matrix Res- Resurrections. But there was something about the way that the, the other members of the crew were written mm. that m- felt a little bit punchier, right? Like yes. a character like Apoc. Who cares, right? Um, but I remember him because he had one of my favorite lines of the of that movie, and I have so many favorite lines. But he had one of one of the best lines, which was like um, he hands Neo a gun. And he's like, "Here, take this. I hope the Oracle gave you some good news." You know, and yeah. and, <laughs> and that made me that kind of like punchy kind of uh, dialogue, which made me I remember like laughing at that because I was just like. He basically told them, like, hey, you're either the one or we're fucked, dude. <laughs> <laughs> so so it was it, it's lines like that that um, that kind of uh, uh, made like even small background characters stand out, you know, switch was just like okay copper top you owe the you had to do this one way two one of two ways my way or the highway i was just like fuck i, I know switch is like burned into my head now right switch apoc mouse of course you know with this digital pimp heart at work yes of course and who can forget dozer and tank and, and you know the all the you know uh the, the the ragtag crew of the Nebuchadnezzar, uh, but but in this in this one it it just felt like they were they were kind of like throwaways. They were just like, okay, this character is going to be like this, and then they say their quippy thing. That's the thing. I I, I didn't like how quippy they were. Like it mm. it felt like a, and I I know this has probably been discussed elsewhere. It felt Joss Whedon-y to me. Like they were a little quippy, and look, those are some of my cons. Overall, I love the movie. Am I gonna watch it five more times before this night is through? Probably. Um, <laughs> odds are pretty looking pretty good because I've seen it like four times already, right? <laughs> and I fucking love it. Um, and I kind of just um, you know uh, um. Uh, I do feel like the cons of the movie and a lot of people are talking about the cons of it because this movie has been (laughs) predictably 
n- not as well received as it could have been. You know, it's not a slam. It's not a a slam dunk home run. You know, movie. Mm. Uh, it, it it's a movie that is definitely an acquired taste. You know, mm. Mm. and those who know know, and those who don't don't. You know, right. Uh, so. Um, Jamie, Jamie, uh, friend of the show, Jamie Viterami also said, look, if you like the other movies, you're going to like this one. And, you know, me, me and you, we're big fans. We're big of fans course. of Revolution, Revolutions and uh, Reloaded. But um, mm-hmm. a lot of people weren't. And and this movie is no exception. Like, there, there are definitely parts of it where I'm just like, I don't like the way it looks. The... the um, high definition colorfulness of it all it makes mm. it look um, uh, almost like a Disney Plus Marvel TV show. <laughs> <laughs> like, like some of the action looks kind of fake, um, mm. and uh, and and like. Some of the some of the uh, the tone of the movie does feel like it's like it's sarcastic. <laughs> it's really sarcastic as fuck. Um, That's very true. That's very true. I but in speaking to that though, I felt that uh, they were trying to represent kind of like the the, the state of things now. Uh, and how everything is is almost hyper stimulated in our day to day, whether you're on social media or just consuming any sort of material uh, on the movies, Internet, TV. Um, everything is made to be super shiny, lots of information in your face. And I felt that that's kind of how this iteration of the matrix which it was established this is a this is like the next iteration of the matrix from the one that we experienced in uh the first three movies so it was speaking to like the the atmosphere of today uh one of the things that i was not ready for in this movie which i thoroughly appreciate um i don't know i don't know whether it was done intentionally or it's just personal the interactions between neo and trinity in the cafe um especially when she came back later just to have a conversation with him one-on-one you know they must have traded numbers or something or uh or friended each other on whatever the facebook version in the matrix is you know matrix book or whatever and uh when they sat down and were having coffee and talking to each other it was it was like watching two people in a very who used to be in a very intense relationship years ago i mean back then they were each other's lives and then for for one reason or another they go their separate ways and have a whole multitude of new experiences different experiences and they change as people but the people who they used to be, at least a part of them, is still there. And you can't fully be the person that you used to be until you interact with the elements of your past. And for these these two people to suddenly come back together at the table, it's like you saw them stop being Thomas and stop being Tiffany 
and then at that moment like transform back into neo and trinity um and it wasn't a smooth transition it was rough because trinity is trying to reconcile that you know over the years she's had these different feelings but they weren't validated either through her marriage or her husband chad or this and the other so she kind of let it go um but talking to neo she's starting to realize that that feeling is still there and neo of course is uh trying to reconcile his uh what he thought was mental illness um over all these years but feeling the most normal and the most secure when he's talking to trinity and that whole interaction it was quiet it was you know there weren't any like overarching musical tones that that uh let you know that you're supposed to be feeling a certain way it was like watching one of the most intimate moments between former lovers that you you could ever see um i think that's one of the parts of the movies i enjoyed the most yeah um neo and trinity are definitely the heart of this movie Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. which i was sort of expecting because like all the reviews were just like it it kind of falls into like a romantic comedy uh, category and i was just like well, that's cool. Like they're just taking the Matrix in a completely different direction now, um, <laughs> and and I really I, I I kind of enjoyed that aspect because it did feel like a little bit like um like the the movie uh, before Sunset, you know, uh, like yes. It, it, <laughs> oh my god! Oh my yeah. god! That's so true. Oh my god! Perfect. Yeah, where it, it's just like these two characters kind of rediscovering like this lost love and who they were and and that I, I i i really enjoyed it and then you know and then it starts delving into like the cyberpunk aspect you know and then mm. them like you know moving away from from neo and trinity it, it moves into like the whole like uh neo awakens in the power plant once again yes uh and he is rescued by what looks like a sentinel and <laughs> and then he is brought to the menosine and you know, yeah and then end scene and then <laughs> and then it's like yeah and, and i was just like what is happening right and, and that's one of my favorite feelings in the world because that's kind of like the feeling of when I watched the original Matrix, I'm just like, when I watched the original Matrix, I'm just like, what is happening? What's yeah. happening? <laughs> What's going on? And then it's like, the no, the answers will come and it'll be rewarding. And, you know, it, it, they, they touch on a, an interesting topic, which is like there was a robotic civil war. And mm. um, now there are, uh, you know, androids who are coexist with human beings and i was like and then morpheus there are programs within the matrix that can just come into the real world through through these magnetic nanites and i was like this is awesome this is so fucking awesome yes yes it really is and and you know and, and at that point i was just like people are not going to like this because this is fucking nerdy. 
This is nerdy <laughs> as fuck. And then, you know, it goes... Which into, is what it's supposed to be. It's yeah, supposed to be nerdy. I know, I know, I know. So, and then, um, you know, Neo uh, goes to the city of Io. It's no longer Zion, it's Io. Mm. And meets up with Niobe. And it was really good to see her again. But then, man, war really changes a person, huh? Um, <laughs> the war between just, man and machine really changes people. Can I just speak really quickly into uh, <laughs> into how uh, Jada Pinkett Smith was was treated here? Because um, I'm super glad that she was in it. But um, we see uh, Keanu and Carrie Ann Moss come back, and they're still, you know, they're still beautiful, uh, hands down. <laughs> yeah, right. But you, but you can also see that you know time time has passed. They they look more mature, right? And fucking Jada Pinkett Smith, who still looks in real life fucking near flawless, and they chose to cover her up in aged makeup. And I was just like, mm, I don't know. I I have a I have a I have feelings about this. But well, it's been you know, sixty years, me. and the machines didn't recreate them, right? True. Which was a. A scene that was disturbing to say the least. The oh the my god, Trinity and <laughs> and Neo recreation scene. But uh, you know, I, I I understand why they went went there. Like they like it's been sixty years. Mm. So mm. you know, uh, Niobe is close to ninety. I'm thinking. Yeah, probably. Um, and she's in a you know loving relationship with the aunt from Family Matters. Yes, she is. <laughs> <laughs> Which is like, hey, look, that's <laughs> this is awesome. Um, and and it, you know, it almost feels like the that whole side story was a commentary on like and i'm talking about niobe and the strawberries and io Mm. that was a commentary on um on neoliberal politics and Mm. uh oh here come the taxes that could like get into (laughs) our robots um but uh but i i i did feel like it was like what we're trying to do here is we're trying to establish we're trying to build something with you know and and with with human beings and 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 androids but and 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 kind of like live out our 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 days in this world we don't want to be at war anymore you know the fights the fight's over and have a strawberry and it's like (laughs) no you can't just have a straw like you're gonna fight for fucking strawberries like you're not going to give us a public option? What the fuck? Like, why are we even in this fight? <laughs> Dude, I feel like... Medicare for all, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Oh, no. Just the cyberized head of, of uh, Bernie Sanders uh, pops up. He's just like, Neil, I just want to tell you <laughs> that under my plan, you would have been back 30 years sooner. That's when I would have chimed in and be like, I love you, Cyberney. <laughs> Cyberney Sanders is right. <laughs> Cyberney Sanders. <laughs> Jesus Christ, that's perfect. Oh man. Oh, that would have been that would have been a better joke to leave off on than, you know, the the Catrix, uh, which was the post credit. Oh god. Uh, 
thing. Uh, I, look, as much as like I, as much as uh, like a lot of people were just like, oh, these assholes, right? Um, <laughs> because I, I've seen a lot of critiques about like the the movie critiquing on itself through these fanboys kind of like all like it's like a marketing team that are all just kind of like what is the matrix it's like ideas and guns and bullet time and you know <laughs> and i was just like uh, you know i, I kind of thought that was the I, I laughed at some of it some of it was like uh i really wish yeah. they didn't do this but some of it i was just like they nailed it they fucking nailed it with with the, the with the expectations of what this movie should be you know that's true yeah. that's very true that's very true i feel like we could go on and on about this and we will <laughs> this is going to be a two parter oh yeah because this is just too much to unpack over like one episode and we're wasting our time with fucking hawkeye <laughs> you know and that, that i'm being way too harsh because i did enjoy the finale i just like there's I, there's just so much matrix to talk about yes we, we have to go back man isn't it great to be back back in the matrix oh i fucking love it i fucking I love, love it. it fucking love it man um I, like i really want to i want to touch on the whole thing i want to touch on a agent smith Mm-hmm. You know. Um, the analyst, of course. The analyst. Holy shit, who could forget? The Ben <laughs> Shapiro quoting uh <laughs> analyst. <laughs> the uh, I, I'm I'm wondering like we have to talk about the new agents, which are just mm. like the bots and yes. what I think that they represent, because I think it has a this movie has it, I think it has something really interesting. Like, again, it's got fifteen or sixteen or seventeen ideas crammed into the into the movie. Like, it it has so many ideas um, that that you know some people will probably find that to be annoying. I don't. I I love that. I know, and I know you love it. Mm -hmm. Um. And of course, we're we're gonna uh, probably comment more on the the things that we disliked, which uh, you know we went into a little bit into the fight choreography. I know that the look of the movie to me, I, I didn't appeal to me. Um, I really miss them having a dark and brooding atmosphere of the first Matrix. Yeah, I yeah. I miss that gothic kind of look to everything. And it, it just, it didn't have it. It was like more bright and, you know, like I said, it was like a Disney plus Marvel TV show. <laughs> and I'm like, this movie cost way more than the other movies did. Like than, than the highest costing, um, I think it's revolutions cost the most. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, um, this movie cost more than that. Uh, I can't, did it. yeah, it did. Hmm. And I, I just feel like the effects didn't look finished. Mm. Some of the effects looked a little like very green screeny. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but still, even despite all that, it's still like engaging and wonderful in a way that I, I'm just like, I just want to hug this movie. <laughs> Same here, man. You said it perfectly. <laughs> And uh, so we're going to we're going to touch on that 
we're gonna touch it all. We're just gonna be, <laughs> you know, be very consensual, and it'll be very nice. We're gonna <laughs> reach out and touch, you know, everything. That's so, <laughs> you know, it is inevitable. Blah blah blah. blah. It is inevitable. <laughs> <laughs> Agent Smith said it first. Fuck you, Thanos. Um, <laughs> but uh, really quick, did you enjoy Agent Smith? I did. I th- I felt that um, the actor who <laughs> Jonathan was portraying Groff? yeah Jonathan Groff, thank you, uh, who's portraying this iteration, did a really wonderful job. Um, which th- that was not an easy role to step into. <laughs> no. Uh, I I loved his performance in it. I know a lot of people are just like, Hugo Weaving, but I'm just like, times change, and this is fine. Mm. I, I like it. I like where it's going. I like what his character is. I have, like, much like, you know, Ryan Gosling in Blade Runner 2049, I have questions, you know, mm. about mm. what his existence means. But we're going to cover that in the next episode. So... If you like this, support us. Uh, you know, support us on a, on our Patreon and follow us wherever you know good podcasts are found: Spotify, Google Podcasts, of course. Download the Radio Free Brooklyn app for God's sakes. Download the Radio Free Bro- Brooklyn app <laughs> and listen to us every Monday at noon. Um, and you know, I have been Pav, and I'm Ernesto. And together we are the Robots versus Taxes program on Radio Free Brooklyn. And while you're out there, you could try keeping it real. But you should try keeping it right. Song of the week. <laughs> Bullet time that shit. <laughs>